Hello and welcome to the Hip Vault Show, where we discuss all things HIPAA compliance and the cloud. My name is Adam Zedadine, and I'm joined by the ever knowledgeable Gil Vidal, CTO of HIPAA Vault. Hey, Gil. Hey, Adam. Happy New Year to you, if I didn't wish you that already. <laughs> yeah, well, Happy New Year. Never, never too late to wish someone a Happy New Year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Even if it's summertime, I like that. Yeah, so... Um, Today, we are going to be talking about um, the top three cyber attack vectors of 2024 and how to defend against them. So let's dive in. First up, we have two-factor authentication, commonly known as 2FA. Uh, it's become a little bit of a buzzword, uh, but it's a crucial layer of security. Um, Gil, can you break down why 2FA is more relevant than ever in 2024? And I've got, <laughs> I've got a little bit of a, a little bit of a recent, you know, not not to be too current, but the uh, the recent SEC debacle with uh, with Twitter. Um, yeah, I heard about that. Able. Very interesting that the SEC approved the um, the spot Bitcoin ETF. And you're yeah, right, exciting news. Uh, you know, it had a big impact because the Twitter account didn't have the two-factor authentication. And we, we should pause there and describe what, what is two-factor authentication. Yeah. So when you log in, you know, you put in your username, password, you get in. Well, now there's an extra code. Most of the audience would know about that because the banks have it and most financial institutions have a second code. They send either to your phone through text messaging or they send it to you via email. It's usually six digits. You just Type them in, so it's like having two passwords, right? So the, what happened was uh, Gary Gensler, the chairman of the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission, he didn't have his account secure with two-factor, and someone took over his account, and they said, "Hey, guess what? The SEC has approved the spot ETF, first time in history," and then Bitcoin shot up. Yeah, here's the uh, yeah there. <laughs> Here's the update from Twitter's safety <laughs> account. We can confirm that the account SEC Gov was compromised and we've completed yeah. a preliminary investigation. Based mm -hmm. on our investigation, the compromise was not due to any breach of Exis systems, but rather due to an unidentified individual obtaining control over a phone number. And uh, it looks like it's cut off there, but um, yeah, that's the gist of it. Um, yeah. and I think I think to follow <laughs> on from that, I think they I think they also confirmed they didn't have 2FA enabled. Yeah. It, it, what, and you say, well, what impact did that have? It's just information. This cost people millions of dollars. And I'll tell you why. When the price soared on this fake news, the price went up. And then some people had their call and put options or whatever they were doing based on the price level. When the price went up to a certain level, it triggered one of their contracts open interest contracts either put or call option and it liquidated mm. probably a hundred million dollars so i mean this is huge right and of course that's that's in that case now we're here to talk about healthcare, not not bitcoin and financial stuff but same thing like let's say you're a healthcare provider or, or you're a healthcare medical practitioner and you don't enable two-factor authentication then it's easier to gain access um to the application and you don't want that. So it's, it's low-hanging fruit, right? Um, I, I thought at one point we were going to call this podcast, you know, what are the three things that most healthcare apps are missing in terms of security? And if we did name it that, 
this would be one of the top ones I would select. It's, it's low-hanging fruit. It's not that hard. You don't have to be a technical genius to figure out how to do it. And uh, so, yeah, and they, we encourage everyone to enable that two-factor authentication. You'd be surprised how many yeah. have it. I was yes. going to say the exact same thing. How many, even, you know, uh, websites that have a lot of important information mm-hmm. um, other than healthcare that, you know, financial information mm-hmm. uh, that don't, don't even require it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the top things that, that uh, should be done. I, I agree. So, so would you recommend that the application uh, enforce it for the users? Yeah. Because yeah. I guess if they if it doesn't enforce it, then you know who's gonna who's gonna do it, right? Well, it's right. I mean, user level. Yeah. Now, keep keep in mind, Adam, that uh, there are a group, probably three groups of of application developers. We see there's one that they they hand code. You know, they have their own code they wrote everything from scratch and that's their custom application there are others that use wordpress to host their application and then the third one is you have um, other cms that are also not as popular as wordpress for example drupal or some other cms editor and so all all three of those whether you're custom coding or wordpress is easy there's a plugin for two-factor authentication so you just enable the plugin pay for it you know, you want to pay for these plugins and enable it. So it, it's not um, it's not that hard to do. And that's just something. Now, again, I always emphasize in every one of these podcasts, I always emphasize these podcasts are for the managers, too. This isn't a technical one like, oh, I don't understand this. I leave that up to my tech team. As a manager, you shouldn't take that position. It's a mistake to take the position. Well, I have this great tech team. I let them take care of it. You know, you as the manager, all the crap flows up to you. If something great happens, it goes to you, credit to the CEO. If something terrible happens, it goes to the CEO. So you're obligated to check in with your tech team and say, hey, I logged in the other day. I got a guest login. I logged in and there's no two-factor, guys. You know, so you don't have to be a technologist to just grab or, or go to your own website and say, hey, let me just go in as a new customer. I'll just make up Joe Blow, log in, and if I don't get two-factor, you know, it's time to talk to your developer. Yeah. Next up, we have um, phishing, and you know, we can go into what phishing is. Um, but I thought to bring up a recent event uh, that was highlighted on uh, Patch Stack. They describe it pretty well in this instance. Um, so, fake CVE phishing campaign tricks WordPress users into installing malware. As it goes on to say, for the past couple of days, the patch stack team has been monitoring a mass scale phishing campaign with multiple variants of phishing emails going around that are notifying users about a supposed security vulnerability in their WordPress website. They claim it's a remote code execution, RCE, vulnerability, and you're asked to immediately use a patch created by the WordPress team to patch the vulnerability with the identifier CVE 2023-45124. It'll get the user to install malware on the WordPress site, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. So phishing in 2024, it just just doesn't seem to go away and and things seem to get even more um, intricate and uh, Mm -hmm. and elaborate when it comes to how how legit these things look. So this is what the email looks like. Yeah, I I think it's... um, 
it's gotten more sophisticated. By sophisticated, we mean that the camouflage is even better. So in, in the old days, you would get a phishing attack that says, hey, you know, log into your bank. And of course, if you try to log into the bank, they're just capturing your credentials. You're not really logging into the bank. But now that they've, they've, they've stepped it up a notch where instead of just some bank or something like that, sometimes it could be your own company. Like it might be a logo of your own company saying, hey, I'm Frederick, the new employee here at the, on the fourth floor. You know, nice to meet you, Sam. And you're like, oh, it's a new employee. What a nice guy, you know, saying hi. And you're fooled because you see your own company logo. So there, there, it's called a spear phishing. It's much more accurate, more refined. Um, so that's really quite devious and ingenious at the same time from the part of the, the bad actor. And the, the rule of thumb to prevent these things is to do the phishing simulation testing within your organization. It doesn't matter if you only have two employees or you have 2,000 doesn't really matter how many you should you should employ a phishing simulation where you randomly send employees uh, a simulated phishing attack and if they do click on it then you as a manager would find out you say oh you know my my employee uh, bob or sue she clicked on it and they'll tell you exactly what she clicked on and what time what simulation test and then you you would it's not <laughs> it's not about reprimand like oh you're going to go over and get mad at them it's about training and it's about logging the incident and it's about offering them a training module and some of these phishing uh exp not experiments uh, simulations they actually offer a module so if the person does fall for it and if they do click on it then it'll say hey you, you just you need to take this learning module <laughs> so right yeah. there on the spot it says oh here's a learning module and then and then now they're they're retrained um so that's something important. So fishing, I think the training and testing, training and testing is important. It's part of it's part of what we always talk about, like the arms race between the, the good guys and the, the bad guys, the good actors and the bad actors, right? Everyone mm -hmm. needs to keep tooling up because yeah. um, the other side is always going to be improving and getting more sophisticated, as you said. Yeah. Um, at one point, to, I'd like to encourage our listeners to reach out to us, um, hippervault.com, uh, fill out one of our contact forms, and we you'll get access to our um, regular newsletter. Uh, and this in this edition of the newsletter, we dive into some, um, some key tips, uh, ways to see and, and analyze phishing emails. Um, a lot of them are common sense, uh, but there, there's probably going to be, I guarantee there's going to be a couple there that you hadn't thought of. So... Uh, do check out that that newsletter. It's it's packed full of uh, full of information, not just about Hippo Vault and the products and services we offer, but then also useful tips for security. And the final tip is regarding a ransomware. So rounding out the top three is ransomware. Uh, Gil, uh, this has been a persistent threat for years. Um, what's new, or what what should we be looking out for on the random uh, ransomware front? Um, in in 2024 and beyond, I, I would just want to give two two points. The first point is that ransomware is extremely powerful because the bad actors they encrypt the information on your systems and they won't give you the decryption passphrase until you pay them a fee, mm -hmm. and so you're stuck. You're like, oh my gosh, I lose my whole business, or I pay these guys the amount they're asking for. Um, technically speaking. Uh, there have been many, many cases of, of this ransomware attacks being successful because the, 
company they attacked had some kind of a remote software running. By remote software running, I mean this these like PC Anywhere, these other applications where anyone can log into your systems. Maybe you have that installed so that a vendor can come in and help you troubleshoot something on your computer. So instead of the vendor getting in the car and driving over to your office, you the have this. Or yeah, what there, there's lots of them out there, right? So what happens is some of these, a lot of these tools, they're just left running all the time. And these tools are meant for remote people to access your system. So imagine they're already built for that. And then here comes the bad guy and he knows how to exploit the vulnerability and he's using this tool to log in not to help you resolve a tech issue but to install ransomware so i would not if you do use something like that a remote viewing software make sure you have it very tight very very tight like only enable it when you need it turn it off when you don't or better yet don't don't just don't use it you know don't have that um and then the second factor that's important is ransomware is happening all the time every week and you have to check your insurance, check your cybersecurity insurance, which is also called um, errors and omissions, you know, insurance, check that insurance, make sure you have it, A, and then B, make sure that you've read through enough of it, you understand what they would cover, because they don't cover every single scenario. And you could always talk to your broker, like if you don't have time to dig into it, just call your broker and say, hey, I bought this insurance from you last year on the cybersecurity stuff, but I want to review it. You know, it's worth your time to understand what you bought and, and what you're paying for to make sure it fits what you need. Um, so those, those would be my comments on ransomware. Fantastic. Thanks, Gil, for those insights. So there you have it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the three cyber attack vectors uh, to look out for in 2024, and hopefully provide you with some tips on how to uh, prevent them. Two-factor authentication, phishing, and ransomware. Um, if you haven't already, give uh, drop us a like on the video and hit subscribe. And if you would like more information, uh, would have any questions, reach out to us at podcast.hippervault.com or visit our website. There's a bunch of information um, at hippervault.com. Uh, stay safe out there. Remember, knowledge is the best defense in the digital world. Until next time, thanks for stopping by.